Head over to miniaturemarket.com where they have thousands of board games at discounted prices like Azul Summer Pavilion. Hello my friends, it's the Game Boy Geek here. Two years ago, Next Move Games came out with Azul, which won the Spiel des Jahres, essentially the game of the year in Germany, the biggest, highest honor in gaming. Then last year they followed up with a sequel called Azul, The Stained Glass of Sintra. Now, this year at Essen, they just released a third game in the series called The Summer Pavilion. So I'm gonna show you how this game works, and I'll tell you what I think about it, and at the very end I'll tell you how I slot it between the others. Here we go. All right, let's first start with the things I liked about the game. Uh, much like the other Azul games, beautiful presentation. The tiles look beautiful, the colors look nice. Uh, that big tower that you drop the tiles in, uh, one complaint about the Sintra version was that that, that that was very flimsy, but this is really thick and it stands tall and it's, 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 it's definitely better quality. Uh, so definitely good presentation here, uh, as we know to find from Next Move Games and from Azul series. Uh, this uses similar mechanisms to Azul, so if you've played any of the uh, previous ones, a lot of it will feel familiar to you, but there's definitely a lot of differences as I noted, but you don't have to necessarily have to have played any of the Azuls before this to really catch on quickly because the game is pretty simple mechanically. So I like how, you know, you could jump pretty much right in and learn quickly if you have some Azul knowledge, but if not, you're fine, and I like that either way uh, it is, you know, works well whether you know it or not. The wild tiles is sort of a new thing here where it's like, hey, I'm gonna pull these tiles. Ooh, I want to pull from this factory because I'm also gonna get a wild where I could have pulled from somewhere and not. Uh, and I like that because people are fighting over those and I like that the wild's changing every round. So sometimes you're pulling tiles that you're gonna use for wild for this round. Sometimes you'll be pulling tiles and you're like, ooh, I'm gonna pull three of these greens and I'm not even gonna use them this round because next round those are gonna be wild because I'm focusing on a different color. And I like that aspect of this. Uh, I like that you're trying to finish either the sections of colors or the sections of numbers or both really. Uh, and that it gives you sort of two different goals to go for where you're sure you're gonna be grabbing different tiles of different colors and focusing and trying to get those end game goals. But towards the end, you're gonna be trying to fill in and slot in those bonuses for the numbers too. It gives you two completely different things to focus on. I like that. Uh, the scoring for the connected tiles is cool because you know, Early in the game, you could start getting the scoring going. It feels like you get the game going quickly where you drop one, it's a point. You drop one next to it, it's two points. You drop one next to those, it's three points. So you've already gotten six points in three moves right off the bat, usually in the first round. It kind of gets the game going uh, cool like that. It, it incentivizes you to sort of build next to where your other tiles are, which may or may not always be the great strategy depending on what you're going for, if you're trying to fill in those numbers for the bonuses at the end or, or what have you. But I like how that scoring sort of ramps up. Surrounding those columns, statues, and windows is really fun uh, because you get to have those different bonus tiles that you get to grab. Now, the design of the numbers that are adjacent are really interesting because like on the statues, you'll have like a one and a two, which isn't hard to fill up. But then the other color that it's on the other side of that is typically a three and a four, which is definitely a lot harder. And so you might be able to like, that might, that might change your strategy as to which colors you're focusing on, how many you're getting. Am I focusing on the end game goals for the numbers, but I'm also trying to get these statues. I mean, there's just really a lot to think about and a lot of strategy in the game, even though the game is mechanically quite simple. Uh, I love about those uh, those bonus tiles and, and you know surrounding those columns, windows, or, or statues is the timing of it. Because you're going in turn order there uh, and you're really trying to figure out, ooh, you know what? If I drop this, I can get two tiles because I've got, I surrounded a statue. However, the tiles that I really want out there, 
that, that I want aren't really out there. But I can look at other players' boards and look at what tiles they've taken and go, I bet they are going to surround something and take some tiles, which will bring some new tiles for me. So in my order of play, let's say I'm going to drop four different turns of tiles that, that round. I'll wait to drop the ones that surround the statue until someone else has gotten some bonuses, filling it up, hopefully getting the tiles that I want. So the timing of that's very interesting. Or maybe that board has the tiles that you really want that are either wild this round, wild next round, or the color you want. And so maybe you're going first and you're like, yes, I'm gonna drop this first to get the tiles I want. So it has a very interesting timing element to that. Now more about the negative sides of that a little bit later, but I do like how the timing of those bonuses uh, you know, gives the game some tenseness to it. The last few, the last couple of rounds are typically pretty big uh, climactic turns where you're, you're placing this and then you're surrounding this and you're getting more tiles for this and then you're using those tiles to get this, which then trigger this. And so it, it really feels like at the beginning of the game, you're starting to build these colors up. You're like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to fi finish some of these colors. And then towards the end of the game, you end up doing it, fi filling in you know, maybe one or two of the colors and things like that. But the, those last turns are really fun and, and, and engaging and satisfying because you're, you're having these big turns. And I like the arc that the game provides for that. Uh, this, I'd say, is probably the most thinky of the series, uh, meaning there's so much to think about, so much to look at other players' boards and see, again, the timing of those, uh, uh, you know, those bonus tiles. And it's just, it's crunchy. It really does make your brain smoke, but it's not any more complex than any of the others, which I like. So overall, I enjoyed the game. Let me tell you the negatives about it, and then I'll tell you how I slot this with the others. Uh, negative side. Just like the first Azul, there were some tiles that had beautiful patterns on them, and I think in the original one, like the red and the blues were just plain. Now in this one, there's some beautiful tiles with different logos, and then there were some that were plain. And I just wish that they would have gone the extra mile to put logos on all the tiles to make it as beautiful on all the tiles and not just boring on some of the other ones. It doesn't seem like that, that would have been that much harder to do, but it would have made the game look a lot better. Even though I liked the presentation, it could have been even better, but that's sort of a minor quibble. My biggest problem with the game uh, is the timing of that turn order uh, and the bonus. Now, it is one of my big pauses, as I said, the timing of those bonuses and, 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 and uh, you know, getting those statues, you know, surrounding the statues and such. However, that causes a problem of downtime and analysis paralysis. Uh, because you're going in turn order. Like the first round, people probably aren't going to be surrounding things, right? And so like, let's say you're going to end up doing four four tile placements. And let's say there's four of you playing. That's 16 turns around the players are playing tiles. And if no one's going to be placing anything around a statue, theoretically you could just put them down there simultaneously and it would keep the game moving. But because there's a possibility that someone might surround something, you have to do this turn order thing that makes the game a lot longer. And so there's a lot of scoring upkeep because I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to place a tile, move me one. Next player, I'm going to place these two tiles, move me two. I'm going to place three tiles, move me three. I'm going to place this one. Ooh, I have one, two, three, four, five. Can I put it next to it? And you're doing this like possibly like in a four-player game 16 times in a row. And after every little placement, players are updating the score chart. Now, the score chart's very small. Those things barely fit on there. Sometimes it's hard to get them to look right. Sometimes you knock them over. And it's just a lot of scoring upkeep. Uh, so that whole turn order thing, I would have rather seen someone like, I wish you could just kind of simultaneously do all your things, track how many points you got, and then just once update the board up there or something like that. Because there was a lot of moving pieces and scoring updating, and it was just a lot of upkeep. Um, so the other games of the Zool had less scoring, they, they scored less frequently, but they were more sporadic, but they were bigger points, so okay, update the score. Where here it's like every little move, lots of things are moving, it was just too much upkeep for me. Uh, it's kind of a pain in the butt. The bigger problem, I think, even is 
Going in that turn order for the bonuses really slows the game down and makes it analysis paralysis prone, especially, you know, even with two, it's noticeable. With more players, oh, this game, uh, this is one of those ones I'm like, I'm gonna be glad to play this at two. To play it with more, I feel like there's too much downtime. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm gonna play, and you're gonna play, and you're gonna play, and you're gonna play, and we all could have done that simultaneously if no one was gonna place anything, but you're not sure. You can't be like, well, are you gonna, are you gonna do a statue this round? Are you? Because that's part of their strategy. You can't just like openly say that, but at the same time, it slows the game down to a grinding halt sometimes, especially if like, let's say there are four players and each player's gonna place four times. It's 16 turns in one round of going around in a circle, and if just like one player on one of their little turns is gonna surround something, you've slowed down the entire round for one player's decision to figure out what tile they want. Because really the only reason why you go in turn order is because you might get a tile off that main board that nobody else, that you know, before anybody else. And so it's like, oh, for that one little reason that is a very big positive of the game, the negative side I think is almost more negative than how much I like it. Uh, I really would have rather, maybe everyone had their own little board with their own tiles that they could see. And so that everyone could just simultaneously, okay, you've got all your tiles, do your moves, update your score, get your tiles, and at the end, just update where your score is on this main board, and the game would have been, I feel like, a lot more streamlined. Of course, you would have had to have more boards, more tiles, it would have been more expensive. But this is a big problem for me in this game, is that the amount of, you know, it takes a game that's so streamlined, it moves so fast, and it really slows it down. Plus the analysis paralysis was like, oh, that player just took a statue, I didn't know they were gonna do that. They took the tiles I want, two came out that I don't want. Now I gotta rethink my entire turn. So for me, that's a big negative here. Uh, but don't get me wrong, I'm, this isn't a negative review. I enjoyed the game. It's just, man, that part of it just felt more fiddly and, and, and just not Azul-like, if you will. Uh, so let's talk about how this slots in. So Stained Glass of Sintra is still my favorite. Uh, the one that came out last year. I just love, love, love that puzzle. I love how the tiles are random, they flip over, the way you score. Everything about that game I love. The original Azul I thought was good. It was okay. I didn't like it as much as everyone else. I like this one better than the original, but not as much as Sintra. So this is right in the middle for me. Uh, between the three of them, I enjoyed it. I prefer Sintra. I wouldn't turn down a game of this. Probably with four players, I would. Um, because just that whole timing thing. But again, it is the most thinky one, so it does reward you with brain-smoking decisions. And that's what I think about Azul, the Summer Pavilion. Did you miss the Game Topper 2.0 Kickstarter? Have no fear, it's not too late to get in on the ultimate gaming accessory. Convert your table into a high quality gaming table with a fully portable Game Topper system and take advantage of some of the best three millimeter premium gaming mats in the industry. New styles, new sizes, and new accessories can be yours. Upgrade every game you play by late backing now at GameToppersLLC.com.